Okay, um, you've already answered question number one. What gift are we to eagerly covet or eagerly desire? That's prophecy. Which, um, what gift are we to not forbid? Tongues. Do not forbid speaking in tongues. So why is there so much controversy over tongues and prophecy and healing? It's just, biblically, I, 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 don't, I don't know what they're reading. But anyway, um, what gift are you not to scoff at? Don't scoff at prophecy. Can you give me a scripture where that's found? Don't scoff at prophecy, but try all things, test all things. First Thessalonians. Oh, you're reading it, Mama. That's good. I, all right. First Thessalonians 5.19. You get credit for that, Mom. Okay. The uh, eagerly covet the gift of prophecies in 1 Corinthians 14.39. We'll see that. Okay. Since prophecy means to speak under inspiration. Prophecy means to speak under inspiration. Well, then here's the question. How, who does the inspiring? Holy Ghost does the inspiring. Okay. How do we obtain the inspirer? How do you obtain the Holy Spirit? I'm hearing several things. One, do you get the Holy Spirit at salvation? Yes. No. Yes. Yes. Okay. But is there a second baptism? Okay. So, yes. You re- of course you receive the Holy Spirit at salvation. Your, your spirit's born again. You're a new creature in Christ. Your name's written in the, in the Lamb's book of life. You have given your spirit, man, and he has come in, right? However, and we spent a lot of time the other night on this, but we'll look at it again in just a moment. So the one that is the inspirer is the Holy Spirit. How do we obtain the inspirer? We ask. And can you give me a scripture as to where it says, who do you ask for the inspiration? Him. Who's him? Jesus. Yes. More specifically, turn with me to Luke's gospel, chapter 11. I know I'm giving you a Bible quiz here, but it's important that we get this down, right? Luke 11, and let's begin in verse 9. This is the whole, uh, he talks about asking in prayer, he teaches on prayer. Jesus, this all red letter. So he teaches on prayer, he asks in prayer, he says, how do you ask? In Luke 11, verse 9, he says, I tell you, keep on asking, and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, you will, and keep on knocking, right? This is the persistence in prayer. I've heard this thing, well, I asked one time, that ought to be enough. Well, that's not biblical. Jesus says, keep on asking, all right? So keep on knocking. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Verse, look at this one. Verse 11, you fathers, if your children ask for the fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. That's ridiculous, right? So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? The Father's gift, give me another scripture, Acts chapter 1. Don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends the gift He promised. That's Jesus telling Him. He says, the Father's gift, I've told you about this before, He said. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends the gift. When he comes, you'll be filled with power in the Holy Ghost. Right? This is the premise upon premise and precept upon precept. So we know that the inspirer in the Holy Spirit is, the the Holy Spirit is the inspirer, and we get asked the Father, 
That's why when we do prayer ministry or we lead someone to Christ, don't stop there. Why don't we ask the Father to give us the gift? Because it almost like we're talking about gifts that fathers might give, snakes and bread and and all of a sudden he says, how about the best gift ever? God, the Holy Spirit, given to you as a father's gifting. The best father in the whole world was just asked to give him the greatest gift that could ever be given to a person. Come on. And so that inspiration is what we do and we're seeking after because you cannot do prophecy unless you, one, have relationship and you're hooked up to the source. Or else you get off track potentially and you start operating in the flesh or under bias. And that is where you get into trouble with false prophecy. Okay, let me ask another question. So, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians 2. I touched on this last week, but I want to go deeper in it. It says, we have to be in relationship in order to represent. If we're going to speak under inspiration... We have to be in relationship with the inspired Holy, the inspiration from the Holy Spirit in order to represent Him well, right? So in 2 Corinthians, Paul does a pretty good job here reflecting on what this is all about. Let's, uh, let's pick up, let's pick up in verse 9. It says, it's written, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them who love Him. But God has revealed them to us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what a man knows, knoweth the, the things of a man, saith the Spirit of a man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. And we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. He goes on and he says, the natural man, look at verse 14, it says, the natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God, it's foolishness to them, neither can they know him because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, and he himself judges no man. For who hath known the mind of Christ that may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So if you kind of circle this whole thing, New Living Translation says, one, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep secrets, verse 10. No one can know a person's thoughts except the person's own spirit. But no one can know the thoughts of God except by the Spirit of God. And since we have received God's Spirit, not the world's Spirit, so that we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given us. This isn't human wisdom. So do you see, do you see the progression here? You've got to have the connection with the Holy Spirit. You've got to be born again. You got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You got to be baptized. You get there by asking the Father, positioning yourself in hunger. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on searching. You're going to get it. And then when you get it, you're under the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. And you then can walk in it so that when you walk up to someone, you start praying for someone, you're in a situation that, what does he say in, in James 1 5? If you lack wisdom, ask God. Because you have the mind of Christ. Well, you might have your carnal mind, but this, no, I've been, have, I have a regenerated mind. Now, I might slip over here in, chap, in chair number two once in a while, get fearful and angry and all upset and all fleshly and all that stuff, get back into chair number one, 
Get into the mind of Christ and say, God, I need your wisdom. What do I do right now? I have no idea what to do right now. Oh, good thing you ask. And so you position yourself. Do you see the progression? If we don't come at prophecy from understanding this is the regenerative work of the Holy Spirit who is the influencer, right? And we have to be positioned there. So I think it's just off base if we, if we dive in and try to do prophecy without understanding, wait a second, this is from God himself. And we have to be in relationship. I've shared this before. When you're in relationship with someone, you know things about them. You know what ticks them off, pushes their buttons. You, come on now, you know it, right? And so we're supposed to please God, right? And so when we're in relationship with Him, if we're in an intimate relationship with God, we're going to know His heart. We're going to know these. We're going to operate in a love. We, remember we, last week we covered 1 Corinthians 13 is sandwiched between the gifts of the Holy Spirit and those things that talk about prophecy and seeking out. It's right in the middle. We have to operate through the spirit of love. Or else, again, prophecy gets off track. It becomes judgmental, critical, all wound up with flesh and bias and fear, and that's not going to... Yes? You, well, you can, you can be pushing buttons that are better, but you can also push buttons that aren't not good. Let me just tell you, when, when the wife's happy, things just go well. I think there's wisdom there. Yeah. All right. Back on track. Let me ask a question. Is it possible that a person can be a believer and not baptized in the Holy Spirit? You need to say yes. Where is that scripture found? Give me some scriptural basis that says if you're not you can be a believer but not have the baptism of the fire of God in you. What scripture would you go to? Someone says, that ain't true, that can't be possible. Give me some scriptures. Okay, write these down in the margin. Let's go to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. Remember, let me let, turn there. Let's go there. These are, these are really foundational scriptures when, because you're going to run up against people that think, they're going to tell you prophecy is not for today, healing is not for today, um, that no, it's not possible. When I belonged to a denomination years ago that if you, got, if you got saved, you got everything, and you don't need to pursue that. In fact, and that is not biblical. We went over some of the exegesis stuff last week, right, where they get, they get it wrong. So are you there? In Acts chapter 8, This is where Philip, right, he goes to Samaria, and Philip is, is the guy who ran, it was one of the six that ran House of Mercy. He was not an apostle. He was one of us. Youngins in the Lord got up, we got baptized in the Holy Ghost. He goes to Samaria, which is the biggest racial issue in their time. The half-breeds lived there. The Jews wouldn't even walk through there. And they were surprised Jesus did at the, with the woman at the well in John 4, right? And so what happens? It says, when the apostles, verse 14, Acts 8, 14, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted the message of God, they sent Peter and John, the big boys, as soon as they arrived, they prayed for these, quote, new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Bible didn't stutter here, right? King James says that, 
When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had rec- and Samaritans had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John, who when they came down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Okay? So, what happens? As soon as they pray, verse 16, the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. Whoa. For they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Water baptized. Then Peter and John laid hands on these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. When the the witch guy, the witch doctor Simon saw it. He was impressed by the power. He said, I want to buy this thing. You son of perdition, you can't buy it, right? It's given by the Father. Right, okay, give me another scripture that says believers had not yet received the Holy Spirit. Yes, Acts 19. Turn Acts 19. Different set of conditions. Now, this is Apostle Paul. In Acts 19, he goes to Ephesus, right? Verse 1, Apollos was in Corinth. Paul traveled, Acts 19, 1. Paul travels through the interior provinces, reaches Ephesus on the coast. He found several believers there. King James says, Greek brothers, right? The first question, this is how important it is, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, we didn't even know there was one. We hadn't even heard there was a Holy Spirit. Which one did you experience? John's baptism, water baptism. As soon as they were baptized, verse 5, in the name of the Lord Jesus, Paul lays his hands on them. The Holy Spirit comes on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied, 12 in all. Okay? So this is important. It's, it's, we cannot pursue this higher gift and covet after it if we are not connected to the gift of the Father through His, the Holy Spirit. I, just, I know I've hammered this, but you've got to get this principle down. When I, when I look at a lot of the teachings, I don't hear it. And then you can get trying to work in the gift and recognize the gift that comes from the gift giver. It's not about you. You can, and so, all right. Got it, right? In the Old Testament... Let's pull out, let's go to page four in your handout. I, I kind of started down this path last week. In the Old Testament, top of page four, we looked at the word prophecy means to bubble up, and there were 430 instances in the Old Testament of thus saith the Lord. And the first, the next set of scriptures there is what I just went through, what are the, how do you know the heart of God through Corinthians and that relationship with the Spirit of God? You must be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's 8 ABC, 8 D. These flowed in prophecy after receiving the Holy Spirit, which is the second experience to salvation. There is an inward prompting of the Holy Spirit, which is revelation perceived. So once you have the Holy Spirit indwelt, right? Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, Paul tells us, right? Now that you are a born-again believer indwelt with the power and the presence of God, you can let this bubble up. When you need the operation of the Lord, if you see someone who's, you're moved upon, that you see them, they're, they're troubled, they need prayer. I read this the first night. Remember Randy Clark during the Toronto outpouring? He was the apostolic leader called there, didn't believe much in prophecy, prayed for a lady, nothing's happening. Larry Randolph comes, who he was skeptical of, who's a prophetic guy, Larry reads her mail, she starts crying, the breakthrough happens. 
That's why a body of believers who's going to have revival, you've got to be equipped to be able to operate in this gifting. Come on. Well, you're going to be able to, now you don't, you don't have to get it all right, but you have to have a place where we know our source. It's not about us. It's not how well we operate it. It's about the connection with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so when we look at it, what's the transition from Old Testament to New Testament? Since we now, look at the bottom there, 8D, it says salvation plus baptism in the Holy Spirit gives an open channel for prophecy. The principles here, and I put it in number nine, is called a resonant anointing. Who lives in your house? (laughs) Who's your resident in the house? It's the Holy Spirit. So he's the house, he, he's the head of the house, right? And so if we're flowing in it, we covered this enough in Galatians 5, if you walk in the Spirit, flow after the Spirit, he'll produce all these things of blessing in your house. If you walk in the flesh, he'll produce all these kinds of fleshly things in your house, right? And so who is resident, if he's resident in the house, if I'm surrendered to, to, to the Holy Spirit, he's resident, then he's going to release resident anointing. He's going to share secrets. How many have ever received a prophetic word? Okay, about 90% of you. If you've ever been in a place where, the, where a word just comes in and like, oh my goodness, right? Um, that does something to you. It's power. It's released, right? It's, it's come from the, a source, which is God himself. Okay, in the Old Testament, the Spirit rested on them. Bottom of that page four, number nine, it says the Spirit rested on them. That was revelation received. Remember Isaiah the word comes to Isaiah, or um, the word comes to Gideon. I shared this Sunday. I'm going to pick up part two of that this Sunday. Gideon gets an angel that comes to him and says, go do this, Gideon. That is revelation received. Gideon got the word. Now, he could say, I'm not going there and killing my father's bull and pulling down this immoral Asher pole and, and killing my father's bull. What? But that was the revelation that had been received. It was sent. The difference in New Testament is it's revelation perceived. I'm not saying you can't have angelic encounters. You can. But what, what is now, since Acts chapter 2, there's another scripture. Did the believe, with, with, the, with, the, with the apostles at that point, after the resurrection, they were believers, correct? Well, what happens in Acts chapter 2? Don't leave until the Father sends the gift. Right? We talked about all the controversy that comes out of tongues as a result of it. Okay. So I want you to see what is happening here. Turn the page. In page 5, it is the revealed anointing that rested upon the Old Testament prophets, which is now resident within the Holy Spirit-filled believers. The living water that's within your belly can flow out. Sometimes all you got to do is pray and open your mouth. Now, we shared this a couple of weeks ago learning to cultivate this inner witness of the Holy Spirit. How do you hear? How does he speak to you? How does he move on you? I've shared enough in times with, you know me, when, when, when everything goes, I know that the spirit of truth is witnessing right now with my spirit and it is impacting me physically that I know what's being spoken right now is truth and the Lord likes the timing of the spoken truth at this moment and getting it right now. How do you like that? And so, um, what I'm asking you to do is cultivate how you, ter- how you relate to the Holy Spirit. When I, 
been married to my wife. It'll be 46 years in June, right? Um, every marriage, every relationship has, has a different chemistry, right? And one look, I can tell if I'm in good shape or I'm not. Body language, she doesn't have to say a word. I got it, you know? That was not good that I just said that, or something, right? Cultivate the intimate relationship with your God and find out how He moves in you. All different ways God does it. And so you, what you're asking is, Lord, I, I, I want to know you. I, we're, we're supposed to know you. We're supposed to gnosko you. We're supposed to be in that place of, so speak to me in ways I get it, God. And when that starts happening, and you realize that's the witness, that's how I witness the Holy Spirit, right? It can be the, and there's always a, we've, we've been emphasizing, pay attention to your senses, right? Hebrews 5.14. The mature believers have trained their sense, they have trained themselves to discern good and evil by what is being, by reason of use, King James says, by reason of use, the mature believers who don't suck on bottle milk anymore, they're the meat chewers, right? They're the ones like, yeah. They're the ones that know that by their training with the Holy Spirit and the work in their senses, they have been be able to discern what is good and what is evil. Okay. Moving on. So learn to cultivate this. I gave you a lot of scriptures. I won't go there now. Number 12, be aware that speaking for God is an exciting challenge with very strong responsibility. God is complex in nature advanced in communication, shrouded in mystery. He's God, and you and I are not. And yet, he wants us to represent him. That is just a mind blower. He decided, and I wonder, <laughs> when I watch my, when my kids were growing up, I watch my grandkids now, and when they, when they start to get it right, when, they be, when they're sharing, um, it's like you look back and say, wow, look at that. That's cool right there. I know God's doing that. So recognize that there's a deep responsibility here. And because he's so complex, he's so big, and he's so advanced, and it's mysterious. But he said he'll share secrets and mysteries with us, right? Remember in John, uh, Jesus says, I no longer call you servants. You're my friends, and therefore I will reveal these things to you. Right? So friendship with God is really, really key. Okay? All right, number 13. Um, we all get communication wrong at times, even with each other, but you keep pursuing it. Mature representation of God, as Paul encouraged. I use this example. Um, Lisa's learning Spanish really well, right? And she practices and she does the, the announcements sometimes, right? Well, Sometimes the translation isn't quite right, but she hasn't given up. When we're, tra- when we're in other nations and we're having a translator, uh, there, sometimes there's a miscommunication, but we don't stop trying to give the communication. So with this whole pursuit of God in, in prophecy, you may not get it all right. Somebody said, that, that ain't from God. <laughs> okay, well, wow. So don't let that shut you down. Keep on moving. We're learning to translate this and the gift of prophecy carries the privilege of interpreting, interpreting the thought and the intent of God's heart. The ability to perceive God's heart and express it to others. We translate the message through culture, intellect, language, 
and personality. There are different personality types. You know, John the Baptist was a character. He was a different kind of prophet, right? Um, you don't have to be like anybody. You be the prophet that God's called you to be prophetically, right? All right. Um, number 14, I know I've hammered this, but it would be unwise to speak for God until you become his friend. Intimacy with him and the desire to have clean hands and a pure heart and bring a better representation of his heart. Psalm 24. All right. Now, we're going to hit this in detail next week, I think, through the DVD, but I want you to see, um, it's only been probably 20 years that the gift of prophecy, the recognition of the prophetic, has been coming alive. Those who've been around in, in kingdom long know that, yeah, there was... There was the rise in the apostolic, the outpourings, um, the recognition of the Holy Spirit. But the last 20 years and the growth of the recognition of the prophetic, I think, is here. But there's a transition that I think is in process. I just want to hit four of these um, that I heard at Voice of the Prophets. And as I analyze them, I think it's true. There's four transitions in prophecy. Dan McCollum speaks of it. First of all, we're moving from demonstrators to equippers. When Larry Randolph, I remember seeing him years ago, he came here a couple of times, he would demonstrate prophecy, you know, when it's really wild when um, somebody says, Judy, pull out your wallet, uh, you've got uh, $32 in cash in your wallet, and your address is X, Y, and Z, and you're looking like, yipes, what is that? That's some kind of, oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't claim that I was prophesying. <clears throat> I'm giving you an example. Um, Darn! Anyway, um, um, so they were demonstrating prophetically. And if you've been in that, there's a wow factor in that. It's, well, gee, are they psychic? Is that, what is it? No, they're not psychic. They're, there is a revelation. There's both words of knowledge. That, in fact, that's probably more of a word of knowledge. It's true. But there's a prophetic spin to it that once a word of knowledge is given... This is where you live. This is how old you are. This is how many children you have. That's, those are known facts to the individual. They're also known to God, and the person speaks that word of knowledge. But then the prophetic comes in and says, now here's what God is going to do with that. Once, once they've got your attention, there is something truthful here, right? The example, you know my testimony, I think most of you. Um, I, was, I was not doing really well in my faith. My daughter's sick. We go to... The conference, I'm dragged there. My daughter's not doing well. And the pastor stops in the middle of it, pulls us out of the crowd wearing some kind of colors at that time, and he tells us your daughter's being healed. A child is being healed right now of an intestinal disorder. So he pulled us out. That was the word of knowledge. This couple has a child right now that is ill. It's an intestinal illness. And now I declare in prophecy, God has just removed that sickness from her. Now, that'll do something to you, especially when you're at the end of yourself and you feel like the woman with the issue of blood who's tried everything, and the day before, two days before, you met with the doctor, and the doctor said, we've done everything we know to do, and we don't have a cure for her. And the man of science who's full of unbelief and doubt, when he hears that this person just told us what happened and now has declared that this is going to be healed, and she is, but it required my wife to act in faith. Take the baby home, feed her, violate every natural rule. 
and the child is healed. So when you look at the gift of the words of knowledge and the gift of prophecy, you can see how powerful in the church it would be. Someone comes to you on the street, someone comes to you in your family, and you're sitting there, and the Lord gives you a download because you're in relationship with him, and he loves this person more than you do, but you're the willing vessel that's now operating in that midst. God, I need words of knowledge. I need to know. But God, I don't know what it is. I'm confused. Am I getting it right? And you, you might start out with, um, I'm seeing that you have trouble. I do have trouble. And then all of a sudden, God just starts operating. Okay, we're moving from the one who would stand up and model that for you and with the wow factor to the point where you're being equipped, a la this, this gathering. This whole year has been about getting everyone in Ephesians, get the saints ready to do the works of ministry. I had a strong word from the Lord. Get them ready. Get them ready. When, they're, when they start coming, you're not going to be able to handle this. You'll burn out. So get them ready. So that's what we've been doing, equipping, equipping, equipping. So we're moving from demonstrating to you are the ones that now demonstrate. Amen? Old covenant to new covenant prophecy. Instead of just pointing out sin, New Testament encourages a change to new creation ministries of reconciliation. Moving from, number three, moving from the prophetic celebrity to a prophetic community. Everyone can prophesy the harmony of the gifts in the community. Prophecy declares how heaven sees you. Not all words are given sovereignly. So there's power in the flush test. I like this. If we're supposed to remember 1 Thessalonians, don't scoff at prophecy, but test everything. So let's say you get a word that like, and that just does not line up with Scripture. I don't get any witness to that. Goes to the flush test. I'm not receiving that word. I'll just share, this, this person is no longer on earth. Um, when I had first become the senior pastor, within a few weeks, this person, anyway, they said, I have a prophetic word for you. And it was so discouraging and so detrimental that I, uh, I didn't, but man, I'll tell you what, it, it wounded me for about two days. It was a word that was spoken, intended to crush me. And I, praise God, I went to a couple of my elders, I went to a couple of prophetic intercessors, and I said, I just got this word. I need you to help me. This is prophetic community. Pastor Tom, you need to flush that word. They didn't use that, but you need to get rid of that word. That is not from God. That is a detrimental word to try to crush you. You need to let that go. And then they prayed for me and cut me free. I won't go into any more detail there because I don't want to uncover some stuff. We ended up dealing with that. That person, life went off a cliff and uh, is no longer on earth. Anyway, okay. So we need to move from this place where we understand internal, uh, internally what is the identity? What are we seeing? Internally we're seeing our identity. And then externally, remember when Leif was here or Jack, I can't remember which one said it, when we start looking at people not from their history but from their identity what their future call is, right? The world's really good about labeling people. If we can get to a place where we, we start to see people through their, the future identity, how does God see them? Know them by the Spirit, right? Um, that's what we want to see. So we're, we're seeing that, that the others may see externally, but we're now mobilizing this community. We're mobilizing a prophetic community. That's what's happening. And we're encouraging it, man, today at 
and prayer, whoo, Lord, God. I think it just laid out seven months of the next seven months of our prayer time. We're in the midst of a 21-day prayer fast, and 90% of the church stood up and said, I'm praying 15 minutes for revival to come. And we've been at it, and God's been revealing things, uh, uncovering some things, and also, so I, I believe this prophetic community, the Lord just gave us our assignment this morning. It's been clarified, one of the assignments. And so, we also, number four, I believe we're in this transition. We move from consumer to contributor. Remember, um, maybe you've been around, people would run from conference to, I need a word, I need a word, I need a word, I need a word. Well, that, that, I'm not trying to discourage that, but why don't we become the word to be able to give it to somebody from the one who is the word, right? And so, we're moving from that um, being so needy now, again, I'm not trying to, trying to be critical because we need each other and there's times when you've got to go and get a drink. I get it. We've got to get to that place where we have the living water running through us. But it's got to get to a place where at some point we've moved from the consumers to a contributor. It's not all gimme, gimme, gimme. What are you going to do for me? No, I am the giver because I have the giver inside of me, right? Sons and daughters, no longer babes. That's that scripture in Hebrews. The sending capacity, not the seating capacity. I like it. Most of the world measures on how many people are in the seats. Or how big is your profit loss margin in business? Um, we learned from Gideon, God likes to use maybe 300 instead of 32,000. And so, Jesus had 12. 11 made it. Okay, so moving from that, the prophetic grace needs an apostolic vision. This is really, I think, important. A couple of places where the prophetic word got really perverted to a point where it caused harm. In the book of Daniel, when he interprets Nebuchadnezzar's dream, well, what does Nebuchadnezzar do? He builds a gold statue and says, everybody better worship it. Of course, God intervenes. And Now, when Joseph was in Pharaoh's court, and he tells Pharaoh the interpretation of the dream, you're going to go through seven years. You better get seven years of plenty because there's going to be seven years of famine. And they stack all the barns. Well, then what do they do? They enslave all the neighboring nations by selling them their goods because they're starving. This is important. We, if we don't have the prophetic linked with apostolic vision, it can become dangerous. Lone Rangers, not a good idea. It says in Corinthians, Romans says, the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. So there needs to be a godly apostolic vision for whatever house you're associated with. And when the fivefold ministers are all operating together in that, then it's a healthy place. Okay. All right, moving right along. Um, turn to where we're about to transition now. Is this... Then the guidelines of prophecy on, on page 7, which has got 13.1, this next, all these remaining pages are part of our ministry team training manual that Pastor Terry teaches. If you've ever been, how many people have been through ministry team training? Here? Yeah, okay, that's the one. The, uh, the ministry team training manual has in there how we do deliverance, how you lead someone to Christ, 
we probably need to run a course again pretty soon, Terry, but just a thought. The, the very last section of our ministry team training manual is guidelines in the prophecy, in prophetic and uh, prophecy guidelines. And I want to, I'm going to really run through these fast because I only have 30 minutes, but I want you to get a flavor for, um, there are certain house rules, if you like that, right? I don't go to your house and tell you how you run your household, right? There's certain rules in your house. And, and so we, when we're operating prophetically, um, we've tried to set down guidelines on how the prophetic ministry should operate in this house. And so once everybody understands, I've used this example before. Um, one of the, the guidelines for doing inner healing ministry or deliverance ministry, um, if someone is in our service, you know, as the, as the level of, of intimacy with God rises in worship and the light begins to really shine, not, people who come in carrying levels of darkness will be affected by that. Some will run out. Some I've told you about. lady not too long ago was in a catatonic state, took hours to get her out. Um, there was a couple not too long ago had a um, child here. That child was so, was, couldn't handle it. And anyway, so in the guidelines for the in inner healing ministry, if someone is here in our service and you'll notice Sunday there were cries going on, Rah! and I'm like, okay, so I need to find out, is that a good cry or not so good cry? All right, that's a really good cry. And I looked over there and I saw some of our amazing team members and it was, they were gone. I'm like, yay God, you don't know how wonderful it is as a pastor to know that there are people that know what they're doing. That they're not going to hurt people. They're going to operate in love and they know how to operate in, in, the, in the giftings. That is, that is a wonderful, wonderful place to be. So, but once we discern, oops, that doesn't look good. Um, we don't want to embarrass that individual. They're manifesting there. Eyeballs roll back in the head. You know, all that stuff's going on. Maybe they're vomiting. We, we, we don't want to embarrass them. So we will bring that human personality back as best we can. If not, we'll help them out. We'll bring them to a quiet place, and we will not try to do deliverance. Why would we not try to do deliverance then? In agreement. They want them to be in permission. Don't know if they're saved, right? What's the danger to the individual? Seven more can come back. Matthew 12. When, if the house gets, if you bind the strong man and cast him out, and the house is clean and swept, and they, he says they want to come back with seven worse, and that person's worse off than before. So again, I don't believe it's biblical to do all this demonstration of power unless the free will of the individual's engaged, they're born again, and they want to be. And they're willing to keep the doors closed to the best they know how, biblically. So again, the guidelines in our house is, we're going to do this in a loving way. We're not going to embarrass the individual. Bring them back there. Talk to them. If you want to be free, we can set up an inner healing session for you that will be very thorough. They average five and a half to six hours. And most of them come when they want to. And if they don't, we say, well, bless you. Um, it's likely you're going to want to come because what will happen is this thing will progressively get to a place where you're going to remember, I want to go someplace where they have a, a place to heal me, bring healing. Right? We've seen that over and over. Okay, so here's the guidelines in prophecy. I'm going to run rapidly through this because many of you have been through prayer, through uh, our ministry team training. 
The Bible tells us, that, and again, a lot of this is going to be summary because this is what's in our, it says, Bible tells us that we are to desire this gift of prophecy. Top of page seven. But we're to follow love in this thing. He utters mysteries by his spirit. Let's pick up on the bottom of page seven there. It says, we are to activate these gifts. And I, I use Bill Hammond's book as part of the reference here. He's a, a long-term prophet. Activate the gifts and talents of the saints and ministers by the laying on of hands and prophecy. That's in Timothy. Remember when Paul lays hands on Timothy and says, when the presbytery laid hands on you, tells him to stir up the gift that's within you, when you the gift that you receive when the presbytery laid hands on you. That's impartation. That's another, t- another teaching. Okay, page eight. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, eagerly pursue. That's that covet, right? We've covered that one. Um, definition of prophecy at the bottom of the page. We've just kind of, I've given you the references there in the Strong's Concordance. Page nine. What is the purpose of prophecy? Now look at the, this is, this is important. Um, page nine, top there it says, uh, the purpose of prophecy. See that on page 9, 13.3? <laughs> I'm sorry for two pages. but Prophecy is to encourage, to convict, to correct, inspire, to give guidance. And there's references there. A true prophet will lead others by humility towards unity, walking in obedience. Several ways the prophetic moves. We covered this last week. Remember the, we had the, the, the uh, school of the prophets? We, used it, we saw that in Samuel. There were 50 that came from Bethel. There were 50 that came from, I um, forget the name of this, Shechem. And probably under, under uh, Samuel's leadership. So he had schools of the prophet. Remember what happened when, when the soldiers came to look for David to kill him? And they all started prophesying. And what happened to Saul? He says, I don't believe, after the third set of soldiers, I think it was, came, Saul goes there, and he starts prophesying. And I like that the Lord had him naked for about 24 hours prophesying. I just will humble that guy. Yeah, that's the, uh, yes, edifying is, that's the encouragement of, um, so, now several ways prophecy moves. The spirit of prophecy falls in a meeting. That's what happened with the gift of the, what the prophets were, and when you come into that environment, all of a sudden things just start happening. You're in, a, you're in an environment where prophecy is operating. There might be a strong amount of angelic uh, activity at that moment. There's enough believers who are here that are in a really good place. And God's, the worship's like on fire. There's a purity in the process. And it's like, man, it is just sovereignly wide open to what God can do. That's the spirit of prophecy operating. All the gifts are operating sovereignly. And I've shared enough, some of the things we've seen where sovereign healings just happen. It's just God is here. He just, and he likes to heal. Do, he's, he, wow. Anyway, then the gift of prophecy. There's someone here that operates in that gifting. Um, then there's the office of the prophet. I'm not sure what this is. What's up there? You know what that is, Kyle? It does have this. Oh, okay. You can probably, yeah. All right. Um, 
<laughs> Amen. It's there. It's in the book. Um, what, what did you ask me? Okay. Yeah. Um, the, the office of the prophet. There, there's different, um, different people who have operated in this for a long time. Say sometimes it takes up to seven years to make a prophet. I don't know where they got that number and how they figured that all out. Um, you can operate in the gift of prophecy, but then there's those that carry an apostolic. There's others that carry an evangelistic spirit. And uh, over time, they start to operate in what's called the office of that. And it's listed there in, Corinth, uh, in uh, Ephesians. Uh, let's go there. Turn with me for a minute. Go to Ephesians. This is one of Lisa's favorite books. And uh, that was a great teaching. Okay. In Ephesians chapter 4, in verse 11, he, he, Paul, writes to the church at Ephesus, which was the church in revival. And he says, He gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And their purpose, verse 12, Ephesians 4.12, is for the perfecting of the saints for the work of ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. So there are offices. Now, I get really nervous when someone I first meet or comes to church and says, I'm a prophetess or I'm a prophet, and they give me their card. And I said, okay, congratulations. I mean, good. They may be. But what I have found is if you're operating in a particular gift, your gift will make room for you. You don't have to blow your horn. You don't need a card. You don't need to press to the front to make it happen. You just, God will make a room for that. And humility is a whole lot better place. Um, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to be critical, but I get nervous when people are trying to project their identity without us seeing it. It'll be really clear pretty soon that person operates in the gift of healing because it just happens, right? And so, um, now, the office of the prophet and is one, Hammond goes on and, and actually uh, Chris Volatin also ta- deals with that in the basic training in the prophetic ministries, which we did about a year or a half ago, I think maybe two years ago. And, uh, says it takes years. I, I just remember being with Bill Johnson. I think we're in Brazil. And it was one of those coffee shop times, just me and him. Uh, this is really a great moment. And, and uh, he was sharing, I think it was at that time, some of the things all run together. But he was saying, you know, when um, God told me, I was asking him about the, the fivefold ministry and how does the apostolic work and conjunction. And, you know, I was just pulling my papa's head off and trying to get some info. And um, he said, you know, there's, uh, the Lord told me Chris Volatin was our prophet at the house in Bethel. But there were times when it was really hard. <laughs> and Chris shared one time, I think it was at either Voice of the Prophets or Voice of the Apostles. I can't remember now. But Chris said, um, you need to deal with your stuff. And he remembers preaching on a Sunday night at Bethel. And it was on forgiveness and he said, if there's anybody in the house that you've got unforgiveness about, before you leave tonight, you need to go to that person. Chris said the line in front of him was out the door of the sanctuary. 
He was very humble about it. He goes, man, I was getting the words right, but that whole thing about encouragement and when to give it, I, I didn't have that right yet. <laughs> and Bill was saying, man, I, I knew God, was, but it, God was working on him, okay? And so I don't know, maybe that's where the seven years came from. I don't know. But the, the point of this is um, we know that Philip, the one we just read of in Acts chapter 8, who started out in House of Mercy distributing food, who then, when the persecution comes to the church in Jerusalem, he's the one that goes to the racially unrested place in Samaria, preaches the gospel, the explosion happens, then the big guns come, they're baptized in the Holy Ghost, and then over the series of time, we find in Acts chapter 21, Philip, the one who operated in House of Mercy, has four daughters who operate in the gift of prophecy, and they now label him as the office of the evangelist. You're looking at me funny. Turn to Acts chapter 21. Acts chapter, go to 20, Acts 21. I want you to see that there's a progression. It's probably almost 20 years from when Acts 21 and the start of Acts happens. Acts 21, uh, chapter 21, verse 8. The next day, Acts 21, 8. The next day we went to Caesarea and we stayed at the home of Philip the Evangelist, one of the seven who had been chosen to distribute food. He had four unmarried daughters who had the gift of prophecy. Do you see the love of God in the progression of the ones who serve faithfully? It's a legacy. That's a legacy. And so he had moved from the House of Mercy distributing guy to being a a guy out spreading the word and the gospel in the tough place to now later he's recognized as an office holder, as an evangelist, and now he's operated in such a place that his daughters operate in the gift of prophecy. So, okay, moving right along. Um, some examples on page 10. I've kind of listed what they are. There's exhortation, comforting prophecy. It may be one. Um, it's a prophetic word that's operating. It says, you've been through a really tough, I'm seeing right now, I believe that you've been through a really tough time, but the God is about ready to give you a green pasture time. You're just going to be able to rest in that place. That's a word of, of comfort, right? And so you can get more specific, but that, that may be sufficient. It's a consoling type. Edification. Um, let us therefore follow all things which make peace, wherefore unto we edify one another. Strengthening, building up. God sees you as someone who's really struggled, but you fought the good fight, and he's really proud of you, the fact that you've been able to operate through all of this diversity, and God is making, I see you as a strong warrior. Getting zapped right now. And so you can see that that kind of a word to a person who's been battling and been struggling, what an encouragement that would be, right? And so directive prophecy, call forth the person's gift. I see you serving in nation. When, when uh, Heidi Baker came, and uh, I've had this from Heidi, from Randy. It says, this is way back in the day. It says, um, Randy laid hands on me. He says, I see an apostolic call to the nations, Africa. And I'm like, ooh, right? And so, you know, Kent and Andrea have been there 15 years. We've, the trips into Mozambique, the things that happened. That was an activating prophecy that um, when we first started, um, Randy Clark 
the first voice of the apostles in St. Louis, maybe 110 people there, first time Heidi Baker and Bill Johnson spoke, invited by Randy to the voice of the prophets, at a borrowed church in St. Louis. And the prophetic word at that time was, I see Paul and Cyrus, that was to Pastor Steve and myself, at that time I was his associate, he was the senior pastor, I see as Paul and Silas going to the nations. <sighs> Activated, and you know, it's kind of the same. It's a directive prophecy that has power in it because you, what he's doing is he's calling out direction. In part of prophecy, this is a charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which were given to you before, to war and good warfare, be a good soldier. This is where you're um, reminding the person of where they've been or where they're going or where they've, the prophetic words of the past. There was a confirmation uh, like, I see you as a Joshua going into land. Well, if you've had prophecies like that before, that'll do something to you. It'll activate, right? Or I see you as a Deborah leading armies of God in places that have been dark. And if you've had prophecy, that's just an imparted prophecy that encourages you. Okay. Um, We've done the bottom of page 10 there. Some he's gave some to be, that's that whole Ephesians 4, 11, which I just read. Okay, um, turn to page 11. Prophet's reward. There's a whole lot of teaching on this kind of thing. That's if you, if you honor the prophet, you get what the prophet carries. And so, um, I've been in places in the world and in churches where there was not a lot of honor given. And the, it, it, can, you, can you give me an example? Where did Jesus go? He didn't, have, he didn't have the ability to do many miracles. His own hometown. Why? They were familiar with him, right? Isn't this the carpenter's son? So it says he was unable to do many miracles there in his own town. There's something about dishonor. Boy, we ought to get this one, folks. There's something about dishonor that if you dishonor, you judge and you're critical, it'll shut down the operation of the gift of that person. The ones closest to you, remember Jesus' brother said, yeah, well, why don't you go to your, your you go do your miracles, right? <laughs> and uh, later they're the ones that write books about them. Okay. Um, so w- w- this thing about prophetic reward and honoring those, uh, we really do, we try to do our best. When people come here, we really do our best to honor them, give, their, um, give them honorariums, right, and really honor them. Because um, what happens is that pulls out the gifting that's in them. And it just lets them operate freely in it. So, okay. Uh, page 12. You have a choice to either reject or receive the prophetic word. In the middle of that page, it says, we know no man by the flesh, but we know them by the Spirit. So we need to really, again, this is where you stop looking at someone's historical past, how they maybe messed it all up, or what the world says about them, and what do you see as the, the personal identity on that person? What is the potential? We all want to be measured. We, want to be, we don't want to be judged for our past. 
right? And if we've confessed it, and he's, it's under the blood, and he can't even remember it anymore, as far as east is from the west, then why the heck are we bringing it up again? Now, that doesn't mean that you let somebody who's been a pedophile go operate in your children's ministry. There's wisdom, you know. So, I get that, and there's a balance there. But at the same time, um, when a person continues to validate their walk and their lifestyle, then they ought to be given recognition for that. Okay. Um, now that's pretty much there. Be careful at the bottom of that page. Be careful not to judge by what you know, by feelings of inferiority, by prejudices, by race, by social status, by schooling, upbringing, but receive them according to revelation in the light of God's truth. All right, turn the page. On now, what happened to the rest of the page numbers? I guess we're on page. Well, okay, we're on thirteen seven. Um, in the middle of the page, there, prophetic revelation comes in many different ways. This, uh, this, I want to. to I think you already know this, but revelation is is God making known to us what we did not know or could not have known through the natural senses. God speaks to all the believers through the written word. Other ways where we receive revelation, the audible voice, the internal voice, physical manifestations, impressions, dreams, visions, trances, and the five senses. So, um, Again, learning how you guys have been sharing more and more about dreams. We had the dream training, learning when Pastor Mike and Amber did the uh, dream interpretation. So ever since that time, there's been, an, uh, again, up, an upswing, right? It's almost like equip the body, let them know that that's not weird, right? It's in the book all over the place, dreams. And so you've been having dreams, and it's becoming part of the prophetic language of interpretation, I can't tell you how many times people come, I had this dream, what do you think about that? And, and uh, so again, paying attention to how God communicates. He's mysterious. He can communicate any way he wants. All we, and we're trying to learn how he does it. And then he changes it up as soon as you can think you got him figured out, right? He wants to grow us more. And so um, we've already handled this. No, bottom of that page is, is prophecy scriptural. We spent the whole first teaching on that. Um, how can you know Okay, let's do this one. What are some ways to measure a prophetic word? How do I know if it's a right word or not a right word? Or a partially right word? Because again, it's coming through a vessel that is imperfect, that's come from a different maybe cultural background. And so, and we're trying to hear. And so we don't, and, and oftentimes it'll come from a vessel that doesn't seem to be um, the one that ought to be given it. <laughs> And so you might dismiss based on what that is, right? Um, okay, so how do we know? One, is it, is it scriptural? If it does not line up with scripture, that's a good place to discard it. Um, when somebody comes to you and says, I'm going to tell you something, but I don't want you to share it anywhere else. Or they can't share it with you, uh, they'll share it with you, but not in public. That's, that's a little, hmm. Unless it's, tra- it's tracked to some other... You know, maybe it's a time, but for the most part, mm, I have people come, I want to tell you something, but you can't tell this other person about it. I said, don't tell me, because I'm about ready to go tell them. In fact, there's a, there's a rule at Bethel, Bill, uh, Chris Volanton used to have, on, I don't know if he still does, he probably does, 
He said, the people would come and said, I got to tell you about this. This person's doing this and this and this. Have you gone to that person yet? No. You got three days, and then I'm bringing both of you in here, and we're going to talk about it. Right. Is that like, whoo? That'll shut down gossip pretty quick, or let me, uh, let me throw some mud on this one in front of somebody else. Anyway, so, okay. Um, does it bear witness with your spirit? When, when you hear it, does it bring life? Does it bring peace? Um, now, if it's a directive word, or it's a timing word, or it's an awesome word, it's like, God, that's, you're scaring me, you know? That doesn't necessarily mean it's not God. It just means like, yipes. I mean, Gideon's example. Again, we'll cover this Sunday. Mighty valor warrior. Yeah, right. Who are you talking about? Me? Nah. And, uh, but the prophetic word activated. And then when Gideon paid attention, was obedient, took down the, the, the demonic warfare over his family line, pulled down the Asherah pole, says God wore him like a glove. And now the valor the warrior valor rises up, right? Okay, activated by the word of prophetic that came. All right, um, does it confirm something that you know already? You've heard this before. Man, I've heard that scripture, I've heard that over me. Okay, was the Lord word delivered in an attitude of love? Did it draw you closer to the Lord or pull you away? God's word will not return void. You can watch and see, is there fruit on this? Once we receive Jesus and the Holy Spirit is working in our lives, we potentially have available all the gifts operating. We covered that a few nights back. When if you're the if you're the Holy Spirit inspired person that's there, you got it all. And He's no respecter of persons. He will use you in the midst of it. It's a lot of fun. I've shared one of that when we were in Boma, uh, Tanzania. Gifts of inspiration, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Gifts of revelation, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discerning of spirits. Gifts of power, faith, healing, and miracles. So those are New Testament prophecy, and we've covered this, I think, already. Uh, I circled this one. I, I want to make you aware. In, where it says there, prophecy is never used to manipulate. I've been under circumstances where prophecy was used as a form of manipulation and control. And um, just whether it's finances or to get you to do, you're supposed to go on this trip. It's, let God, Pat used the example, was it last week where she shared about, I'm not going to Mozambique, I'm not going to Africa, I'm the lowest thing on the food chain, right? And then she has the, the dream of the three numbers. And we didn't, Tell her, thus saith the Lord, you're going. But when we got the request from her to tell us what the numbers meant, and the Lord said, go look on the map. It's longitude and latitude, right? And uh, sure enough. So be careful. Um, your, your, your strong human desire can get you in trouble. I'll give you an example. Remember, Jesus tells the, the 12 he's going to be crucified. He also says, who do people say that I am? Peter prophesies to him, you are the Messiah. He says, my father's revealed that to you, right? Then he shares, I, I'm going to go deeper with you now, Peter. They're gonna, I'm going to go, and I'm, they're going to kill me. They're going to they're kill me, and I'm going to be in the ground, for three, and I'm going to be resurrected. And he says, you, you can't do that. The love Peter had for this, he had already laid down every part, his fishing business and the whole deal, right? He's in. 
and you're about to tell me that the one that I thought was going to take over everything and restore kingdom and overthrow Rome, that's what he's thinking is, no, 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 you can't do this. So he lets his fleshly compassion override what he had just said in the paragraph before that you're the Messiah of the world. And so we have to be careful when, when we're operating in the gift of prophecy. That's why you've got to have the Holy Spirit. And you've got to say, Lord, I so want maybe this thing to happen, but I can't prophesy and influence it. Then we're off base, right? that making sense, Terry? Yeah, um, what do you do when if someone comes to you and said, God told me this, that I'm supposed to do this, this, and this. Well, then, okay, great. Um, why are you telling me about it? I mean, okay. I mean, um, as opposed to someone comes and says, you know, I really sense the Lord might be kind of thinking I ought to do this. What do you think about that? Well, let me pray, right? Yeah, in the Old Testament, stone, stoning them. If, uh, if they gave you a bad word in Deuteronomy, it says stone them. We're not in Old Testament, praise God, right? We're not going to pick up any stones here. Jesus told them to drop the stones or told them, okay. Um, question? Yes, yeah, I don't mean to say that the Holy Spirit doesn't tell you, but it shuts down input when a person comes and says, God told me this. What am I... Well, no, God didn't tell you that, or I, I, I'm, so if, if God's really told you that, then you better do it. That's awesome. Yeah, it was God, yeah. Well, but you acted, you didn't have to tell anybody, you just did it, right? And then God activated, she validated, yeah, yeah, told me afterwards. And so, okay, Whew, moving right along. Um, This is a good one. On page 13.9 is an example where uh, the prophecy is not, and this is a good example, and I think uh, Chris Fallerton uses this one. In, Ag- in Acts chapter 21, Agabus comes down from Judea, prophesies about Paul's capture, and he got the basic picture right, but he missed some of the minor details. And so the point of that is he was, Agabus was right in his prophecy, but he got some of the specifics wrong. And so, does that mean that Agabus was a false prophet? No. He also thought that that word was so that Paul would not go to Rome. But God had already told Paul, you're going to Rome. So Paul says, you're just clarifying for me what's going to happen. I already know this. So, what's the point? You may not get the prophetic words all right, when you give them, and you may not receive them all right. That's why we're supposed to test everything, right? And line them up in Scripture and in testimony with the Holy Spirit inside. And so, in New Testament, it's, since it's a perceiving of the Holy Spirit within a person, saying what, the point of that is, I want you to step out, even if you make some mistakes. As long as you do it in love, we'll back you up. Okay? If you're part of the ministry team and you're part of the, you've been released to pray, I want to see you operating as much as you can through the gift of prophecy. You're supposed to covet it. Well, therefore, 
I'm covenanting it for you to have it. Because I believe if we become a, a prophetic community operating in this gift, it will unlock things. It'll open up not only the words of knowledge, it'll then be in conjunction with the words of prophecy. And we'll start to see more and more of the signs and wonders following. So, okay. Um, some guidelines here on the bottom of page 13.9. When you're prophesying, don't take the word past what God is saying. Don't add to it. You might like, I remember Randy got one word. We were in Brazil, and it was, he gave a word of knowledge about, again, the, the testimony was a little foggy, but it was, um, I see a green hose, and uh, someone got hurt with the green hose. He said he was tempted to go elaborate on it. Turns out a woman in the crowd had fallen, broken something, tripped over a hose. And uh, anyway, the, don't, don't expound on the word. Don't feel like you have to. If you get one word, that's all you got. Just say that, right? And it's a word of knowledge or it's prophecy. Or um, speak what, when God speaks. Be quiet when he's quiet. There is controversy about, well, can I prophesy at any time I want to? Maybe, as long as God's speaking to you. Prophecy on demand. I, I don't know how I feel about that. It's like, um, I know we can call upon the Lord at any time, but I just know that we got to hear from the Holy Spirit. And so if you're not, don't, don't succumb to pressure. If you're known as somebody that can prophesy and somebody comes to you and says, do you have a prophetic word for me? And you don't, don't, don't give it if you don't got it, you know? Don't let your pride get in the way of this thing. Just say, you know what? I'm not getting anything right now. But if I do, Jason. That's a good. Go seek the Lord. If you're, if you're not sure, um, you're not getting a word, don't give it. You know, that's, don't feel the pressure of that. Yes. Well, if, yeah, in, um, what Mom's saying is, the way you'll notice here, when, when we're flowing in the Spirit, um, doing our best to hear the Lord, right? We put the sail up and we're trying to catch the wind. Um, if you get a word, like it was Sunday, uh, Philip had a word and wrote it down and came up and uh, Tony, Tony Barrows came up and had a word. Um, at that point, I, I sensed it was a good word. I loved it. I actually read it later. It might have been for me, <laughs> you know, and... Uh, but I didn't sense it was a corporate word at the time where we were at. So um, in the house here, we're not saying that your word is not valid or that it's, you're not as appreciated as everyone else who's got the microphone at the time, right? Um, it, but we're, we're trying to do our best. You just pray for us, right? We're trying to flow in the Holy Spirit and, and get it. I love it when the Lord confirms. Sometimes by three times, there'll be a word, and it's like, or I'll be thinking, and somebody will walk up and say, I'm like, yes. And so we do not allow people to just stand up and interrupt. Right? Some houses do. You get a word, and you're allowed to, you know, even in the midst of a sermon. Um, I don't personally believe that the Holy Spirit interrupts himself like that. But um, so in our house, it's like if you get a word, go to whoever's facilitating. Lisa will be facilitating week after. You get a prophetic word on June 2nd, come see Miss Lisa. Right? She'll discern through the Holy Ghost. Right? All right. Yes. 
Yes. Man, you know how many mistakes? Good Lord, let mom give you the list. She probably ran out. Um, because what are we trying to do? We're, I look at us as a bunch of big kids that are trying to play in his nursery. And I, love, I forget who said this. Would you rather be in a graveyard where everything's nice and orderly? Or would you like to be in the nursery where there's lots of life going on? There's poopy diapers. They're banging trucks on each other's head. They're running over here. They're doing, right? That's the nursery. And guess what? There's a lot of life in the nursery. And I'd rather be there than in a graveyard. And so, all right, a lot of interaction going on. Uh, there's no difference. Uh, the, the, the gift, the word of knowledge is one of the gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. It's a word given. It's a, an event that is, it's a known thing. It's, it's like how many dollars are in your wallet or um, it's, it's not a prophetic word. But we've given words of knowledge. People come up and say, I feel, I feel like somebody's got, you know, pain in their elbow. Well, again, you can... You, All right, give an example, Mo. I was on my first trip to the Andes. I was this team baseball player just beforehand. And we all get on the stage, or altar, and where we are, and he says, now everyone here in this lineup will give order of knowledge. I almost fell through the floor. Because <laughs> I said, I had never. And I stood there, and I said, oh, my Lord, you better give me something. <laughs> right now. Anyway, and I said, I'm not going up again unless I have a word of knowledge. But that's part of the training, and I was not experienced in the training. And so he knew the people were going to have something because of the Spirit yeah. was moving. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but what typically on the mission trips we've been, and I've been with Randy, I think, 18 times or something like that, um, he'll, he'll ask the team, if you have a word of knowledge, come up. If you don't, don't come up. Or they'll, you'll all be up there and they'll just pass the mic. I don't have the word, right? But when you're operating under an apostolic anointing like Randy has, words of knowledge for healing, you're in an atmosphere. And believe me, you get a, you get a lot of words and you get a lot of stuff. Right, okay, because uh, I want to pull this to a close because I really want, we're, we're there. Most of this is somewhat um, review at this point. So I want to see, don't... Um, Number five there, don't let the prophetic replace your personal hearing from God. And don't let your hearing from God replace the prophet. So there's this thing of, you can get prophetic words, but you also have a cultivation relationship with the Lord himself. You can ask others, is this word? I told you the example of the word I got, which I, I, I didn't feel good about. And I went to my leaders, I went to those that I trusted, and they said, that is not God, you need to dis- discard that word. Write it down. Many of you are using the phones now for capturing the words of prophecy. Listen to the prophecy. Play it through. Write it down. Lord, is that you? Is that what you meant? Um, the reason I like paper. Uh, these, are, these are prophetic words. Some of them are years and years old. My other Bibles. So these are um, Derek Prince. And so, um, again, you can pray through those. 
Lord, you said these things, and it'll encourage your faith as you go back. All right, I think we're about done here. Let me... I would like you to read through this um, so you, you can get just to feel a lot of this we've already covered, uh, the different levels of prophecy. Oh, I got that wrong. Page 14, 1314, now we got it back. 1314 says, 14 years to make a profit. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Um, <clears throat> I don't know, I don't, I don't see that in Scripture, but... Um, by by experience, there are those that have seen that it takes a long time of experiential walking with the Lord. So um, what it basically is, the gift of prophecy is available, but not everybody's a prophet, right? Romans says, is everybody an apostle? Is everyone a prophet? Is No, but are the gifts available? Yes, so, okay. All right, I think that's... Let me, let me finish by, this applies to every part of our ministry, and it's in our uh, ministry agreement sheet if you're here uh, in any of our ministry serving. On page 1317, prophetic guidelines. Page 1317, which is really true for any ministry that you're operating in. What is, how do you, how do you operate in this? One, you gotta have a clean heart. Clean hands and clean, clean heart. If you are operating in sin and you're trying to lead worship, lead people to the Lord, do deliverance, operate in prophetic, you have just set yourself up to get really whacked. Okay? And that's not perfection, but there's something about the clean vessel that can clearly hear from God that the enemy doesn't have anything to work with. Right? That's at 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9. Be, watch out, the devil seeks whom he may devour. Don't give him anything to work with, right? Take a firm stand against him. So if you're operating in a ministry and you have a time where you just operated, stepped into a lifestyle thing that is just not good right now, take yourself out of ministry. Take yourself off the street. Don't, don't try to operate with compromise operating in your life. In Hebrews 12, it speaks of discipline of the Lord, and it can come down on you. Okay, so clean vessels. <clears throat> Purity of lifestyle. Pray and ask the Lord to identify any areas that you need to have, have something dealt with. Ask the Holy Spirit for that gift of prophecy. Submit to group ministry and leadership. Don't give more than God gives you. Encourage, comfort, strengthen. Prophecy to children. Do not prophesy to children unless the parent is present or another adult is present. Okay, just because the child may not, I don't know what they just said, and man, it just sets you up. So uh, I encourage you to have either a teacher, preferably a parent or guardian there uh, if you're going to give a word to a child. Judge and test the prophet. Yes.
Wow. That came to you. That came to you. That that, that you you were going to be part of the the instrument God was going to use to get funding for an addiction center. Wow, awesome. I would if that came to you. One that doesn't sound like the devil. Number one, right. Number two, Lord, wow, that's bigger than I can see myself doing right now. I would write that down. I would date it. I'd pray into it. God, I'm available, but I'm not sure how you want to do it, because the Word of God has a strategy to it and a timing. And you don't want to get them out of order. You don't want to get them off center. So I'd pray into that one. <clears throat> yep. So again, a lot of times it'll be steps. And if you just keep that and like, and then the day you inherit that, that millions that's coming, you go out and do it. You know, I'm just messing with you. But that's a good word, and I would, I would write it down. Sometimes you get these things. One of the things you can tell if it's God, it's so much bigger than you're capable of doing in your own strength. You realize, oh, my God, it's Gideon. It's like, what? Yeah, just go deliver the nation, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Very, very specific. Yeah. I'd write that one down. All right. Well, we need to finish. Let me, let me end and we'll pray and um, test the prophecy. Journal your prophecies. I wrote, I'll tell you, write those down. Humility and submission. Um, Holy Spirit is the delegated authority and it's protection. So just, you can submit your words to another, to a leader, to somebody you trust, a mentor. Um, I would recommend you don't use the King James language. Thus saith the Lord, I saw thee on the tops of the mountain. And like, yipes. Um, I would just kind of speak regular and, and, uh, and you can hedge it. I always, I always start with, you know, I really sense that maybe possibly it could be, you know. And, uh, and then the person, yeah. So, okay. And then Bill, okay. That's, praise God. So n- next week, um, we're going to start right at 6.30. We're going to start with uh, Dave uh, McCollum's prophetic revelation. You're going to hear things next week. And this is, this is where I think the Lord is going to be taking us as a prophetic community. The prophecy is wonderful in the church, but out there, when we start, um, the example I think he used was they have a group that is helping to find lost children. They pray prophetically, and they get downloads as to where those lost children are. And examples of, if we could, again, we're not psychics. We operate in the Holy Spirit. And the psychics have, you know, stolen some of this stuff, right? They operate under a different power structure. But it doesn't negate the fact that God would like to maybe use the kingdom to improve the society. So I don't know where he's going to take that. I'm just open to it. It's like, Lord, I don't want to be weird. Um, and I certainly don't want to expose us to th- stuff we don't want to be exposed to. But at the same time, I think we're supposed to bring the kingdom to earth, right? So let's stand. And, and then at the end of the teaching next week, I want to pray for impartation that the Lord will release. And you can, you're already positioning your hearts. You've been coming Position yourself, 
go ahead and ask one if you have not been baptized or you need a refill. Go read you know, Luke 11. Ask the Father. Position yourself in your prayer time over your 15 minutes of prayer fasting that we're doing every day. Lord, let the Holy Spirit's fire come in me. Let it come in my church. Let it come in my family. Let it come to the region. Let it come to the city. Let it come to the state, to the nation, to the nations. And so you position for that to receive. And then we're just going to ask the Lord. We're going to lay hands on you. I'm going to have some people join me. And we're going to lay hands on you. We're going to ask the Lord to take this community into a whole level greater than we've seen. We've invested. You've invested the time. And I believe we can ask the Lord for this. So, Lord, I thank you for eager hearts. God, we're on a journey. We want to be a, a kingdom people. We want to be a prophetic community. We want to be a, a people known as one loving God first. Go to Global River. They demonstrate love of God there. But they also have power through the Holy Spirit that will unlock darkness give solutions to brokenness and freedom from demons and healing over sickness, future unlocked, vision shared. God, I pray that the, you become really famous. You become famous. You receive the glory that you deserve. And Lord, I ask you to join us together as a people that will honor your name. And so I thank you. I pray for peace over each family here any battles and struggles they're in, all the things of life that try to distract us, God, I pray that you just settle their hearts in the midst of any storms right now and give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. God bless you. <clears throat>